0: Have your musket clean as a whistle, hatchet scored sixty rounds of powder and ball, and be ready to march at a minute's warning. Robert Rogers. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah. I'm your host, and I'm joined by the trusted, um, by my trusted sidekick. Justin Phillips. What's up, Justin?
1: Yeah, I'm like, you caught me too early there. I was trying to be distracted over here and I heard, oh, I'm joined by, and then I was like, oh, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, I decided just to kind of abbreviate all that, get right into it. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to roll, so let's get let's yeah. get cracking. How are you doing today? We're, we're gonna make it a little bit shorter every single time. I'm doing amazing. I have no reasons to be doing poorly ever, so I don't. Good, 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 man. Um ladies and gentlemen, podcast it, yet. It is. This is a, gonna be a it's gonna be a life changing episode. Um, and it's going to go viral. So guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to this, we talk about leadership. We talk about personal performance. We're going to break down things that are going to help you succeed and win. Okay. For yourself, for your team. Um, we always provide practical tools that you can use and implement. So that's what you're here for. And that's what you're going to get. If you guys find value in today's episode, dude, hey man, do us a favor, share with a friend. Okay. Just send it over to somebody and just be like, Hey man, you got to listen to this. Okay. So, um, yeah, just tell me what's going on in your neck of the woods. Um, did you, did you, uh, did you do suffering? You did suffering Saturday last weekend, right? Last week. Yeah. How did that go? How did that go for you?
1: It went pretty well. Um, I, so I failed 75 hard last Friday. I'm pretty sure Thursday or Friday, right around then. So like okay. my, so 75 hard is done now, but suffering Saturday was like the day afterwards. So I still had something to do. Anyway, I did the Double It Suffering Saturday, which we actually talked about on the Suffering Saturday podcast, but it was the best idea I came up with. So I basically just went through my daily routine, but doubled all of the hard stuff that I do. So like I usually run what I I just realized last night, my run I do every day is about a 5K. So I basically did a 10K last Saturday and I did like twice my workout in the gym in the morning. And I, you know, wrote twice as much as I like everything I had to do that day. I just doubled.
0: Nice. And what did you... Learn, did you, you what was your takeaways from doing that?
1: My takeaways from doing that were, I mean, kind of the baseline, what suffering Saturday is supposed to teach you. You know, I can go farther than what I've been doing all the time, twice as far, you know, increased by a hundred percent in some of those instances. And my other takeaway was that if you run that much and you're not used to it, your knee
0: hurts the next day. <laughs> so that's <laughs> fair. <so. laughs> Well, it's good. So you got a chance to kind of test your, your limits. You found your threshold, got a little bit sore and agitation, maybe a slight injury, but now you get to recover. And then it's like this epiphany of, oh man, I can actually do a lot more than I'm holding, or than I'm allowing myself to do.
1: Yeah. And I I think another thing that I calloused actually a lot last week with suffering Saturday was something else we talked about a couple of weeks ago was, um, I was posting on my Instagram story about the suffering Saturday and like a picture of the mountain when I was running and stuff like that. And, um, I had one or two of like my best friend's, DM me and be like, you're a weirdo, you know, basically, and just start like really questioning my behavior to which I was just like, I know. And then <laughs> let it go for the rest of the day. But yeah, you it get got that, under my skin a little bit, but I, I knew that was the point kind of at the same time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, because you're going to you're going to continue to advance through life and everybody that's listening is going to continue to do this. As you progress through life, you're going to you basically get like criticism that's proportional to your level of achievement, and as you kind of like continue climbing up, you have these evolutions, and the criticism starts coming in. And it's a little bit different, a little bit different, yeah. and pretty soon, will end up happening is you'll get to a some point where people just like you'll have these like extremes. People will absolutely love you, and then people will hate yeah. <laughs> you and wish you were that you're on the other like off the face of the earth. Yeah. How, you see this with mixed martial arts. You see this in sports all the time. You see it with the presidential election. Okay the higher you go in your little spirit of life, people are going to love you. Or they're going to absolutely hate you. It's, and it's funny because the military is kind of like that too. Like you, you build a reputation in a unit and you start moving around. And what I found was that whenever somebody's name came up, it, you really only got you know two sides of the coin. People would talk about the individual and be like, oh, you know, so-and-so. Yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, I love him. Or they would be like, man, i Hate that guy. Like he is just the biggest piece of junk in Ranger School. He was stealing food from people. By the way, I knew a guy just like that. Uh, that shit does not die. If you if you do that kind of stuff in Ranger School, it does not die. It sticks with you your whole career and uh, completely ruins you. The script flips with some people too, right?
1: Is because I noticed that. And generally, if they start off more pessimistic, it's more likely for them to flip the script to being optimistic about it. I guess. So what I mean is that I had other friends, too, that I'm, I've become friends with this semester during college. I just met them in a, new, in a new class or something like that. We get to talking. They start to find out that I'm this nutcase that wakes up at four o'clock every morning, goes to the gym, you know, is back home at six. I do work for an hour. Then I go work out again at seven. And yeah. you know, their first instinct is always like, dude, I don't even go to bed till three in the morning. And you're waking up at four. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? All this type of stuff. But now I've got some of these people too, like they've known me for a month, two months, three months, they know that I'm doing it. now they're starting to be like, "Hey, what books do you read?" or like, "Hey, how do you get yourself to do that?" And they're starting to pick up an interest of it, and that feels more rewarding to me than the pessimistic people do like pull me down. I get more built up by the positive than I do torn down by the negative. So I think that's a really cool aspect to it
0: yeah and and um you're actually hitting on a key point that I try to drill home with people that I work with. And that's, um, you know, weak people can't bring strong people down. And a lot of people forget that, you know, they're like, I get a lot of comments from people, whether it's DMS or emails and stuff, or just random questions on Instagram live where people sit there and they ask like, wait, Hey, I got this, this family that's bringing me down or this, you know, this partner is bringing me down. And I'm like, dude, listen to me, man, like weak people can't bring strong people down. So you can't, you got to control what you can control and you got to get stronger. And that actually ties into what's going on in the world now, which is like, we got to stay focused on what we can actually control, which is yourself. The world is on fire right now. And, um, you know it, I know it, everybody's freaking out right now because of the elections and literally you're seeing people post on social media. I saw a post yesterday and this lady was like, I've had enough, you know, (laughs) and she's like announcing her, how she feels on Facebook. And I'm, I'm like. I hope that this like gives you some kind of relief because this is like really like pointless for you to just, you know, write a Facebook post that tells the world about how you've had enough. And then she right. continues to talk about how all these, there's all these problems going on with the election and this person versus that person. And um, it's just a bit ridiculous because people are so focused right now on shit that they can't control. They're losing sight of the things that they can control. And um, sorry, we're going to jump in there. I wasn't. I can.
1: I mean, because I'm experiencing the same problem. And for some people that I know, I'm kind of like the unofficial therapist of the group that everybody mm-hmm. comes to. Um, I've had a lot of people DM me in the past week or so. Like, my family's pissing me off. My Anna's pissing me off. Whoever it is, you know, because there's political tension in the families and nobody agrees yeah. with each other and they're starting to just implode, basically. And, by the way, guys, Jeremiah told me that my EQ is shit the other day, so now I have to work on it. <laughs> but um no, so I try to give people that message. I'm terrible at communicating it, and I know that, but like that's generally my advice to those people is I'm like, she's like, I'm pissed because my family's or anybody's like, I'm pissed because my family's falling apart because of the election. I'm like, we'll stop paying attention to it.
0: Yeah, and then also you know, when you when you are frustrated with people like like what's going on, let's focus on the election for a second here and then we'll talk about focus. Um, and I think that'll probably end up being the majority of today's talk is going to be on how to stay focused during all this fucking chaos that's going on um, and not lose your sanity. Here's the truth of the election that's right now. OK, it, it's not a landslide victory. Here, just straight up. OK, and next, you know, we're recording this before the results come out of the actual election. But here's the truth. Of the matter is that it's a controversial election and both sides are having a hard time winning, which means that if you're an individual who's super, super pissed off and you're like, I can't believe this other side, so on and so forth. Remember that it's not that unusual. Like, like there, it, 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 this isn't a clear, this is a controversial issue and you're not right either is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if the data clearly shows that if if the data clearly shows that this is a split election, okay, it's 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 a battle right now, and for you as an individual, for us to sit back and say that we're right, I can't believe this other side is wrong. You're a fool, because there's a lot of people in the in the country right now that are on the other side, and if you can't see that, you're the idiot. I, I mean just comes down to general understanding man like like (laughs) like just be understanding man you know and this you see this a lot with leaders man you see this a lot in leadership people get so set in their ways they want to convince everybody else that they're right and the truth of the matter is that we're most of the time us as human beings we're wrong but we like to operate under this false illusion that we're right that we're the exception we have this bias this this bias that that we have things figured out and that our perspective of life and our opinion is, is the way that things should be. And that's, it's a complete lie. You know, if it, if it, if you were always right, you wouldn't be in the situation you're in right now. <laughs> <I'm> like, fuck.
1: <laughs> oh man, dude, you, I, you are just hitting all sorts of nails on heads right now with the way I think generally about these types of things. That is, that might be the number one thing that just ticks me off about other people is when they get into these tangents or these screaming matches and everybody or even just one of the people involved just thinks that there's no possible way that they're wrong. And in reality, there's no possible way that they know if they're right or wrong. Yeah. So I think of I, I, like, I think of the voter fraud situation that everybody's talking about right now. No, nope. listen, if you're listening to this right now, you don't know what voter fraud is going on. <laughs> Like, you, like realistically, you are not a primary source to that. You know, you can think it is, you can think it isn't. People ask me if I think that it's happening. I'm like, I have no fucking idea.
0: What, I, what, I've, what I've found through personal experience is that you, when, a, when a situation unfolds and you have these extremes, like let's just talk about voter fraud, for example, and people are like, oh my gosh, there's voter fraud. The whole system is corrupt. And it's this very extreme outlook on the whole situation. And then you got the other side that's like, no, it's bullshit. This is all conspiracy nonsense. Yeah. Well, I find that the truth is generally in the middle somewhere. There's probably truth to both of it. And I think, and most people, I think deep down know that, but they refuse to accept it. Um, and so, you know, with all this going on in the world, the election, um, I was on a run the other day. And I think you saw this post on Instagram. You know, I was running and I was like, right now it's really easy to get distracted. Okay. It's the end of the year, closing out the election. And um, there's somebody that's like just as frustrated as you and I are. That's tired of all this. They're being constantly being pulled away from their priorities, and they're being brought into the chaos of the world. And um, you know, it's it's really easy to lose track of what you want to get out of 2020 right now because of how much how many distractions are going on. And um, it's really easy to get complacent. But the good way to combat complacency is to do a spot check. Okay. Um, a spot check is like, if you and I are, you know, are getting ready to go out on a mission, I go over to you and I say, Hey, Justin, let me see your magazines. Let me see all, let me see all your, your magazines. You got, you know, a full basic load right now. I spot check. Okay. I see if you have all the ammo required or, Hey, let me see your compass. You got your compass on you. No, I don't need a compass. You know, so's <laughs> got a compass, right? No, you need a You need a compass. On. <laughs> And so a spot check kind of reveals that. And, you know, one time when I was uh, in special operations, my sniper came up to me one time. We were getting ready to go through uh, a training cycle and we were in, sorry, we were in a training cycle and there was a deployment ahead. And during that training cycle, it was really easy to lose track of the big objective that we were after, which was the deployment. And this is several months in advance. And the training cycle is getting stressful and stressful and stressful. We're, we're basically coming into work every day, working these really intense shifts and, um, you're going to the range every day, we're doing day, night, day ops, day ops, night ops. And it was really easy to lose track of that deployment. And, um, one of the things that we should have all been doing on an individual basis was preparing for that battle. Okay. Not losing sight of the fact that we had a deployment coming up. And one day my sniper, he comes up to me, does a spot check. And I realized that I was, I was complacent because I hadn't been doing mag changes. Okay. Magazine changes are essentially you got your weapon and, um, you're going to practice swapping out your ammunition for that M4. You're going to drop the mag reload, right? It's like a basic fundamental task that every ranger, every soldier should be able to do, but nobody's going to like breathe down your neck for you to do it. Okay. It's just something that's, you should be able to do, right? And you you should be practicing in your off time, but we were so obsessed and so focused on and so distracted. Not necessarily it was a distraction because we were so consumed by the stress of what was going on that I, as a leader, neglected doing mag changes. Okay. And one day my, my sniper comes up to me and he's like, Hey sir, when's the last time you did a mag change? And I'm like, shit. I'm like, it's been, it's been like probably two months, maybe a month and a half. Um, and he was, it basically just gave me a reality check that I had been consumed with all the stress of the day in the day out. And I had lost sight of the fact that we're getting ready to deploy. And dude, I, as an individual soldier, no matter what's going on around me as a leader, I still have to have and practice those fundamental tasks. I have to continue to do my mag changes because if I go overseas, what's going to happen if I haven't rehearsed that again, you know? So anyway, staying focused comes down to, you know, killing complacency and continuing to do your like quote unquote mag changes even when all these the the, the world's on fire um, right what can you can you simplify the takeaway from that yeah the, the takeaway is that right now in the world the 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 election that's going on it the world is on fire right it's there's a lot of distractions and people are losing sight of the fact that they should be preparing for their quote unquote deployment their thing that's ahead their goal and they should be doing whatever it is to prepare for that now, and not be glued to social media, not be glued to the news, you should stay informed and know what's going on in the world. But but when your entire world is about the election right now, you're <laughs> not preparing for the deployment ahead. You're not doing your magazine changes. And maybe for the person listening, magazine changes is a you know analogy for their morning routine, their you know uh, visualization. Maybe it's. Um, it could be anything. It's all the preparation, all the small fundamental tasks that they need to do to succeed later on.
1: Is part of the problem in ordinary everyday life, people not being clear on what their quote unquote mag changes are to begin with and just not having that sort of routine?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it is. I think they don't know. I think a lot of people, um, don't necessarily know what direction to go. Okay. And what I mean is that like you said, they're not very necessarily clear on what mag changes they should be doing. And what a person really needs to do right now, especially during this time of chaos, is they need to be clear about what direction they want to go. Okay. For example, an airborne operation. Okay. If I jump out of an airplane, I got a parachute on. Okay. When I was a ranger, I did this quite often. Matter of fact, I went to airborne school and in my first uh, five jumps there, I witnessed a horrific collision. I witnessed two airborne students get caught up in each other's chutes and crash right next to me. Okay. It was, it was crazy. So what happened was we were in the plane and, um, we're doing one of our first, our five jumps. You have to have five total jumps in order to graduate airborne school. Okay. And we, we rig up and there's a static line hooked up to me. So it's not like a free fall scenario where you're going to jump out of the plane and pull the chute yourself. There's just a line hooked up to your chute and everybody gets inside the aircraft you know the C130 and they're all in a line basically within arm's distance from each other inside the airplane and when it's time to go everybody rushes the door and they try in a in a generally controlled fashion and gets out one one soldier one airborne soldier after the next right well it's it's a stressful situation and people get overwhelmed there's a lot of moving parts and one of the, it's it's a high risk operation because if you jump out And there's a person that's behind you with their static line and they're extending their arm out with the static line, getting ready to pass it off to the guy, to the instructor that's controlling the static lines and making sure that the, they get out of the way when the, when the soldier jumps out, if he, if you extend your arm too far out, you can essentially get it caught up in the guy in front of you. Okay. And then that's a bad day because your static line is on your back. You're holding it with the hand in front of you. It, it could get wrapped up in the soldier in front of you, maybe go around his neck and then he jumps out and you can imagine what that could do. Right? So <clears throat> one time we're doing this, we're doing, we're in the school, airborne school and, uh, people, you have to stay very, very focused when you jump out of an airplane, you got to hand off your static line. You got to jump out. You got to go through these performance measures Keep your chin down, keep your hands tucked in. And then when your chute opens up, you check your canopy, you look up, make sure it's good. You look down, make sure that you're going to go the direction you want to go. So you have to be very, very focused. But a lot of times people get so overwhelmed by the stress of the entire operation, they jump out and they forget to stay paying attention to their performance measures or they make a slight mistake. Okay. And so I jump out, right? And by the way, it's one of my first five jumps, so I'm nervous get up there. I'm shaking. And I get to the edge of the aircraft. I pass off my static line. I jump out, tuck my chin down, air's hitting me. Like it feels like it's going a million miles an hour. I can't hear anything. My, my helmet ends up spinning around and my chute's a little bit tangled, but eventually it gets untangled and it opens up and everything kind of slows down and I can get my bearing about me. And I'm like, okay, whew, I made it. And I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And by the way, there's all kinds of soldiers jumping out behind me. Okay. And I, in, instead of looking around at all them, I, I go through my performance measures and I look down at the airfield to make sure I'm going to land on the airfield. And I start looking around and there was two guys that had jumped out, done the same thing, but somehow they made a mistake. They had gotten complacent. Okay. And <clears throat> what they, the result was that somewhere in their procedures for them opening up their, their chute and them getting control of their canopy, they made a mistake and ended up crashing into each other. All right. And what ended up happening is they crash into each other. One guy's like 20, maybe 15 meters above the other guy and the other guys below him, their chutes are deployed, but the top guy, uh, or excuse me, the bottom guy, his chute gets wrapped up in the top guys. So what happens? The chute goes into what's called a cigarette roll. Okay. The bottom canopy ends up taking the air away from the top guy. That chute collapses. And then you have both of these guys spinning, spiraling down out of control. And I'm, I, I, as I'm gaining control of my canopy, I look around and I look over and I see this all happening. I just basically see two dudes spinning in circles, one above the other, spiraling down towards the ground. Okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm like, I, I can't do anything. What am I supposed to do? I can't go rescue them outside of my control. So the only thing I can do is make sure I get out of the way. And so what I do is I I look down where I want to go. I pull my risers, I pull my chute. I pull the air to one direction of the chute and I drift and I get away from them. And these guys start spinning. The top guy's uh, chute ends up catching some air and it's just enough air to slow these guys down. And they still hit, they hit the ground, but it was just enough air to where um, they survived. Okay, they didn't actually die. And the lesson during that, operation was the importance of staying focused. Okay. I jumped out of the aircraft. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of stress. There's the stress of my shoot, not opening my individual, um, you know, safety was at risk, right? Like, Hey, I got to pay attention to myself here. And then all of a sudden there's this chaos over to my left and right, or to my right side, which is these two guys going out of control. And in order to like, not one, not, um, add to the problem which was in order to not like crash into them, I had to stay focused on me, pull away from them and focus on where I wanted to go. I looked away from them. If I would have continued to look at them, I probably would have drifted into them, right? But in my case, I looked away. I looked to where I wanted to go. I pulled my risers and I went that direction. Now they had made some mistakes jumping out of the aircraft. Okay. One of the, one of those two soldiers, they probably got complacent. They lost track of their performance measures. They either made a mistake in the aircraft, and they handed their their static line off incorrectly. They didn't they didn't grab their parachute when they when they, when it did open up and drift away from the guy that was below them. Something happened where they got complacent and they made a mistake. Okay, so the world right now is really any of those soldiers. There's chaos going on, and so if you do, if you want to not crash into the soldier below you, or if you want to get out of the way of the crash that's happening, you got to look where you want to go and stay focused on what you can control and not what you can't that, that, you know, that's my point there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that your point? Okay, good. I was starting to look, I was starting to look for it. Um, that's great. That brings up another couple of points about focus too, which is uh, one. And I don't know if you have anything on this, but one to me is the difference between focus and concentration Mm. So what I'm getting at when I say that is that focus is something that I, I actually try to study a lot and I try to get better at my focus. And what I started noticing in sports and in a lot of things that I do is that the more I tell myself to be focused, the more I like consciously try to be focused on something, the less focused I get because I start concentrating really hard on things. And I overthink basically mm. this was something that came up in the champion's mind, actually. And so do you think there's an element of that where focus is more about clearing your head of the noise than it is about like really concentrating on the task at
0: hand? Um, I, I think a little bit, I think you do, you got to do both simultaneously. So you got to clear out the distractions and focus on what's important and not over-focus on what's not. So for example, um, when I, I, I competed in best ranger competition, one of the things that we did prior to that event was uh, we learned how to do what's called reactive shooting, which is essentially point shoot we would practice with the, with rifles, practice with pistols. But I went out to this, this school in Georgia and there's this old timer out there that you, would teach you the fundamentals of shooting with BB guns. And it was pretty cool. Like he showed up and he was like, he was like literally BB guns are the best thing to practice with because there's no recoil. And you could focus on literally just your trigger squeezing, kind of some of the basic stuff. And so we went out there, and um, one of the drills that we did was there's two really cool ones. Went out there, r- wildly, I'd say we're semi accurate with the BB guns, <laughs> but not super accurate. By the end of the day, one day, we were. I was able to do two things. I was able to stuff a a washer with a piece of tissue, like a small washer about the size of a dime throw it up in the air and shoot the tissue out with the BB gun. Pretty cool. The second thing I was able to do was even better than that. And I, I threw up a, a BB myself and I shot the BB out of this guy.
1: the sky. Jesus.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and it was just one day of training. And what this guy was teaching us was the importance of focus. Okay. And how to kind of cut out distractions so that you get dialed in to shoot that BB. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he would tell us is front sight post. And what he what he, what that meant was that out of everything you're paying attention to, you should be thinking about the front sight post among above everything else. He's like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna want to line up the back of the rifle with the front of the rifle. You're gonna want to find the BB. You're gonna want to make sure that your shoulder is in the right position. You're gonna want to make sure your trigger, chig- all this shit. Instead, he said, just have a singular focus and think front sight post the whole time. And so we throw these up. Front side post, front side post, front side post, and all I'm thinking about is, am I can I see the front side post in my rifle? And by doing that, it helped channel my focus. Um, Does that kind of answer the question? That that I don't know if it answers the question. I don't know if I really asked the question. I did, but that's the
1: exact point I was getting at. Is this idea? So my example for that would be in disc golf when I'm playing disc golf, right? And I'm trying to make a putt that's like makeable, but out of my range where I can just like fucking toss it without thinking about it. Is that I'll. I'll try to focus on it. And sometimes what that leads to is I start thinking about every mechanic that's supposed to be involved. I'm like, okay, like I want to spin it this much. I want to do this with my wrist. I want to do this with the rest of my arm. I want to make sure my back foot leaves the ground. And what I'm really doing, I, and I always miss it when I start thinking like that, because what I'm really doing is I'm putting more ideas into my head and throwing myself kind of into this whirlwind. And then what I finally figured out eventually is I make a lot more of them if I just Empty my mind basically, and I just say throw the disc in the basket, and then yeah. let my body do what it knows to do.
0: In yeah, that yeah. Moment. You're, cut, you're cutting out all those other things that that right. kind of can can make the yeah. the process more complicated. And and you just said front side post example. You just yeah. did the same thing. You said yeah. throw in the basket, throw yeah. in the basket. Yeah,
1: once it like focus on one part of it instead of so. Because I think some people, when they try to focus on something, they just start thinking
0: instead of focusing. And I don't think they're quite the same thing. Yeah. So if you want to cut distractions and you want to, there's stress going on around you, whether that's external stress, okay, or internal stress, like maybe you're thinking about all the details of the disc golf toss, you want to get really, really clear on the single thing and the single direction you want to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. A guy DM'd me about this recently. He said, um, something along the lines of, you know, what do you do to stay focused when your back's up against the wall? Like when you're stressed out and you got to basically fight to get your way out of there, you have to look where you want to go. Okay. Just like in the airborne operation example, I got to look down and find out where I want to go. Your disc golf example, I got to look at the basket. So you need to get clear and ask yourself, you know, for somebody listening right now, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go right now? Okay. Um, I heard Tony Robbins talk about this example one time with snowboarding. He said, you you, you snowboard, you start picking up speed. If you're brand new, you're going to get stressed out the faster you go. What's going to happen is you're going to go downhill. You're going to look over at the tree line because you don't want to (laughs) crash into the tree line. And as a result, you go where your eyes point. So if you look where you don't want to go, you crash into the tree line instead of an experienced snowboarder learns that you got to look downhill, look where you want to go you know so that's that's really what it comes down to with focus is staying focus on the singular thing the singular direction you want to go
1: yeah i also think coupled with that is trusting your ability to do what it is that you're trying to do like with the snowboarding it would be trusting your ability to actually get to where you want to go and um do you know the uh, the the frog and the centipede thing no, what is it? Because that's from that's from the champion's mind, too. He had this whole chapter that was just like a bunch of fables. And it's a really short one about a frog and a centipede, um, where the basically a centipede is just walking along one day, you know, doing its thing, being a centipede. And then uh, a frog comes up to it and it tells it, it basically tells it, like, damn, you have a hundred legs. I don't know how you can keep track of like what you're doing with all of them at once. I have four, and I have trouble trying to walk sometimes. And then the centipede suddenly couldn't move anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because it was thinking about it. And I always yeah. think about that when I'm thinking about focus is, you know, that that kind of autonomy that we all have inside of us to just just let your body do or your mind do what it knows how to do.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um it, it's it's I don't have a military example to back that up, but I know but excuse me. But yeah, um I, I was gonna supplement with the military example, but But yeah, you know, you can, it's easy to lose sight, um, to get overwhelmed by things that, you know, all the legs that you have essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, yeah. When you start to doubt your ability to actually do something, that's what you start to think about instead of the goal.
0: Yeah. There's a term coined by Viktor Frankl called uh, a reverse paradox or no paradoxical intention. Okay. Which is essentially like when you're you know, in bed at night and you're like, man, I'm having a tough time to fall asleep. Just fall asleep. Just fall asleep. Just fall asleep. Right. And you have a harder and harder time falling asleep. Well, he says a uh, paradoxical intention is telling yourself that, um, okay, you can go ahead and get up if you want to. And then your body's like resistant against that. (laughs) And so it naturally falls asleep instead. Right. That is really interesting. But yeah so I think I have just one more point and we can kind of, maybe this will be a shorter one today and we can just close out. But, um, you know, when it comes down to focus, I want you to, and winning. Okay. We're talking about focus. And the reason we're talking about focus is is because we want somebody to succeed, whether it's in their career, whether it's in their path inside of the military, going into special operations, whatever it is. Okay. Focus is, is, is going to help you get there. And I had a guy message me this morning I was asking for some podcast topics and he said that he was being essentially, um, his career was not being advanced because of the, the leaders around him. Okay. And he said that he asked me specifically, he said, how do you, um, what did he say? He said, how do you deal with leaders who basically stop your career advancement because you're too much of an asset to the team? Like you're too important. At least that's what they're telling you. And um, you know when he said that, it really it struck a nerve with me. One, I I, I sympathize for him because I understand he's probably frustrated, and he probably wants to go do something great. But I also got a little bit upset because he. I want this guy to move over to the winner side, and right now he's in the loser side of life. Okay, when you when you are trying to get an outcome, and you allow. The external to influence your actions, you're in the loser category. Okay, so there's two types of people when they hear this feedback. When they, when they, when you, when we say, "Hey, you're too much of an asset to let you go to Ranger School," okay, one type of person says, "The world's against me." Kind of has the victim mentality. I'll never get where I want to go, and you know this is bullshit. Screw this, right? that's Bravo. That'd be like the captain Carl. And then the major steel, he gets that bad news. They say, Hey, you're an asset. We can't let you go. He understands that that's part of the fight. And he understands that he's got to make a pivot. He's got to adjust. And so my point here is that whether you win or lose has nothing to do, um, whether you win, it has nothing, whether you win or lose has nothing to do with the people around you. It has everything to do with you. Okay. So if somebody's telling you that you can't go to this school or you can't do this thing, or maybe you feel like the new president is going to be the reason that you lose, that's not the reason. You're losing because you're in the loser category. Okay. And so if you want to become, you want to move over to the winner category, you, you take that obstacle, you make an adjustment, and then you keep pressing forward. That's what the major steals do, they don't quit because when you say that when you say that they're stopping my career you're saying really you're saying i'm i'm ready to give up i'm done trying you're in that group of people okay so um yeah i just want to highlight that point any thoughts on that In that example
1: was he being limited because he was too much of an asset like was
0: this was this some
1: sort of promotion or something that would have been better for him? Or was it just a different path that he was trying to go down?
0: It wasn't, um, it wasn't like super, super detailed, but my guess okay. is, and my guess is that maybe he, he wants to advance his career and he wants to, in order to do that, he's got to go to some school and he wants to go to that school. But his team his unit is telling him that he can't go because they need him where he's currently at. And, That that type of stuff happens and high performers get put in that position all the time. Okay, Um, and so it is frustrating, but if you want to if you want to end up succeeding, you can't allow that feedback to stop you in your tracks because it's going to keep happening. There's going to constantly be obstacles that stop your advancement over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, Well, it's almost like a positive obstacle in that point, right? They're saying like, hey, you're really good at your job. So we want you to stay doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. But it, and it all, but it also tests your desire. So as the individual that wants to go do the next thing, it tests your desire. So when somebody gets in your way and they're like, hey, we can't let you go, um, go do that thing. It's because we need you here in the unit. It's testing your desire. If your desire is weak, you're going to be like, OK, all right, I guess I'll do what you guys want me to. If your desire is strong, it's like, nope, okay, you guys can tell me no now, and I'm still going to find a way. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, there we go. That's starting, you know?
0: to, that's starting to become a clearer point now. Yeah, because I think you can sympathize with the individual. You've probably seen it before, right, where somebody – um I don't know. Do you Did you have an example where you've seen that happen in your own personal well, life? Or I won't say wanted- that
1: this has happened, but I can think of like, you know, go back to my Walmart days. Right. I could think if there was someone that was, say, like a department manager of the produce section. Right. And they wanted to become an assistant manager because it would like more than double their salary if they did. And then they were told, like listen, we think you're qualified to be an assistant manager, but you're so good at being the produce department manager and you're the only option we have, so we're just going to keep you there. Like That's why I asked that question about whether or not it was limiting or restricting this person, because in that case, as the department manager, you would just feel undervalued and like you're never going to move up from where you already are because you're too good at your job.
0: Yeah, well, in that specific example, I would would argue that the person that gave the person uh, feedback that they're too good at their job, um, doesn't have the right words to mm-hmm. tell them what they need to do to get to the next position. Yeah. And yeah. they're just, they're just making an excuse. It's a cop out. Yeah. Um, but the same, the same rule applies that the external doesn't control whether you win or lose you do. So yeah. boom, the boss says, Hey, we're going to keep you in your current job. We don't want to replace you. You're too good at it. What does the winner do? The winner says, okay, great. What do I got to do to get a guy to replace mm-hmm. me? The loser says, I, okay, Oh, there you go. Yeah. The Loser says, "Oh, okay." all right, I guess I'll stay here, you know, and they just, they just continue to exist. Yeah. And sometimes you have to do that, right? Sometimes you have to buy, you have to, um, continue to stay and, and pay more dues into the position you're in. That's just the way that it goes. It's part of the yeah. process, but, um, yeah. big picture, you just, it's about making an adjustment.
1: Right. Yeah. Another good example I can think of is when I was, I was in high school, I was a big band kid, um, and marching band. This one time we had, we had this trumpet player that was really good, and he he wanted to be a music teacher, so he wanted to become a drum major so we could start learning how to conduct you know, for the field show, but they told him no. They denied him the drum major position because he was too good of a trumpet player to take him off of the field, basically. So I like the practical tip that you just gave there, though, was go back to the trumpet section and develop the players to be good enough so that they can afford to
0: pull you up. Yeah. If you truly, truly want it, that's what you're going to do. You're going to find a way. If you don't truly want it, you're going to quit right there. You're going to roll over. And and the other point here, you know, I guess I do want to add one more thing is let's let's just, let's stop being so spoon fed, man. Like the world wants everything handed to them right out the gate. They want like the perfect situation. Hey guys, I want to go be a green beret. All right. All right, Jeremiah, here's your, let me, let me fill out your packet for you. Here's the school date for you. Here's everything for you. And it's like, You know, rude awakening, that's not how shit works, man. Um, but you are in control. And and if you and if you stay focused on what you actually want, you can get it. Okay, don't worry about all the external. Focus on the internal. Focus on, you know, this the specific outcome that you want. Keep your head down and just stay focused Mm -hmm. on it. Don't let the external get in the way, you know? So I think that's it, man. I think that's it for today. What do you think? I think think? that's it too. I like it. We'll call it a wrap. Good deal. Um, guys and gals, um, kind of a free flowing episode today, but we did help you channel your focus. Okay. Think back to the airborne operation that I mentioned jumping out of the airplane and, uh, you know, what direction do you want to go? Do you want to crash into the two people that are spiraling off into your right? Or do you want to land in the airfield off into your left and have a, a nice safety, safe landing? It's your choice. On so And to determine which way you go, just get clear about what, direction that is, you know, as simple as that sounds like just point your eye. There's a reason why your eyes, you have two eyes in front of your head. Okay. And there's a reason why your eyes on the back of your head It's because you're supposed to be looking forward, right? Pick the direction, channel your focus and move that direction. And then if you haven't, if you're unfamiliar with the quote that I opened up with today, I opened up with Robert Rogers. Okay. Robert Rogers, you know, he was He's 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 really one of the first American, you know, first heroes um, in American colonialism. Okay, he was a frontiersman and he he served in in the British Army during both the French and Indian War and the American Revolution. Okay, during the French and Indian War, he uh, commanded the famous Rogers Rangers. Okay, he's essentially where you can trace Ranger history to. All right, and so he 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 developed the Rangers essentially. And what he did was, they became known for unconventional warfare tactics, and they mirrored essentially what the Indians were doing, at hit and run guerrilla warfare type. And they would they would do long range patrols. So this guy is a legacy member in our history. Okay, phenomenal leader, and his standing orders from his time during colonialization still echo in today's modern world. The Ranger handbook still includes Robert Rogers standing orders. Okay. And so this guy has a legacy that has lasted hundreds of years. Okay. And what, one of his key tenets uh, and principles inside of those orders was that you should have your musket as clean as a whistle, your hatchet scored 60 rounds, powder and ball, and be, be ready to march at a minute's warning. And really what that order meant is that you should be prepared. You should always be ready to go. You should always be preparing for the battle ahead and not get complacent. Okay? So that's just a short story to kind of summarize the direction that you're moving now. I want you guys to stay focused, stay dialed in, and have your musket clean as a whistle, man. Be ready to go. Stay focused, stay prepared, and let's keep winning. Until next time. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Uh, dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Cladding myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to the room, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead, trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable Better go hard, better get it.